2: We've got two guests on the show today, plus a lot of Super Bowl trivia, so uh, get ready for that. That'll happen most likely uh, late in the 11 o'clock hour and also during the noon hour. The two guests, uh, longtime NFL writer and NFL historian, Hall of Fame voter. He's the guy that actually pitched Joe Jacoby in his last go-round. Gary Myers will be with us Uh, at 11 a.m. And you're going to hear from Logan Paulson on the show today. Remember, Logan played for Dan Quinn in Atlanta uh, in 2018, and he was also briefly in San Francisco where he got to know Adam Peters. We always love having Logan on the show, so both of those coming up. Logan, uh, a little bit later on in the show, Gary Myers at 11 a.m. I'm going to start the show with this email from Bernie who wrote me and said Kevin have we ever been at this point in DC sports all four of our professional teams are bad and the two college programs that matter the most Maryland and Georgetown are just as bad do you realize that this is the all-time rock bottom for this area as it relates to sports I had not thought about that until I read Bernie's note, but he is right. There's always been a team. If you consider the, this area to be four professional teams and two college basketball teams in particular that matter, and, and we're talking about volume of people, I can't I can't bring Ted's esports team into this conversation. Okay, I can't bring the G League team into the conversation. The four pro sports teams. All right, the Caps, the Wizards, the Nats, and the Skins. And then the two college teams that over the years have been good, have won national championships and have drawn big audiences, Maryland in particular, Maryland and Georgetown. I hate leaving Maryland football to the side because actually if we included them, they've been the most successful team in town for a while now. But Maryland football is secondary to the significance of Maryland basketball in the area, even with Maryland people. I think Bernie's right. I mean, we're coming off a 4-13 season for the Commanders. The Wizards currently are the third worst team in the league with no real hope of much better than that in the next year or two. Okay, maybe 3 years from now they're moving up into the middle of the pack and pushing for, you know, a a 7 to 10 play in tournament bid, but we're years away. So Washington in football was the second worst team in the league, the number 2 overall pick. The Wizards are currently the third worst team in the league. The Caps, the Caps currently are second to last in the Metropolitan Division. Now, they are only roughly uh let me do the math here they are they're about 5 4 points out from a potential playoff berth uh, no they're 7 points out from a playoff berth sorry detroit's got 58 in the other division right now they're 7 points out it's looking more and more like the caps the the chances of them miss, missing the postseason for a second straight season are pretty high They're better than 50-50 at this point. Denton, you know, it's the top three in each division, the Atlantic and the Metropolitan, and then the next best two records. And so if you look at it, it is Tampa Bay and Detroit with 59 and 58 points It would be the seven and the eight seed. The Caps have 51 points. They're a long way away from that. And they're seven points behind Philly, who's third in the division. So right now the Caps are looking more and more like a team that will miss the postseason. We know what the Nats have been. There is some hope that they have been an improved team. They were an improved team last year, but they are not spending any money to make any sort of significant run. They still finished 20 games under five hundred and in dead last place in the East last year. They exceeded their over-under number to begin the year uh, by 12 games, but they were still pretty bad. And then you go to the two college basketball programs of note in the area. Maryland's 13-10. and 10. They're not going to make the tournament without winning the Big Ten tournament. And Georgetown is horrible in Ed Cooley's first year. 1-10 in, in the Big East right now. I didn't realize they were that bad. Didn't they beat somebody at some point this year? They have somebody beaten decent. somebody at some point. Yes, <laughs> not a lot
0: of people at some points, but they have beaten somebody at some point.
2: No, they, currently they are, um, yeah. They, 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 this is not a good basketball team. Uh, Georgetown's eight and fourteen overall, one and ten in the Big East, one and ten. I'm just looking through their. They did beat some. They beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not very good. Yeah, they haven't beaten anybody good. I mean, <laughs> they've lost seven in a row. They've lost seven in a row. The Caps have lost five in a row. The Terps have lost a couple in a row. Um, Washington finished the season losing, what, seven in a row. Bernie, I think you're right. I think this is the worst. This might be the low point in terms of all of the teams that have any sort of sizable following matter, uh, being this bad at the same time. So the question would be, who's closest to making us feel better about them? Like, who's closest to being not terrible, not bad? I mean, the Caps, I know, aren't bad, but they're not going to make the playoffs in a sport where if you don't make the playoffs, you're considered to be bad. Because basically more than half the teams make the postseason. And that'll be two straight years. The, the Nats haven't been to the postseason. If they don't go to the postseason this year, which is pretty a, a pretty safe bet, it'll be five years since they were last in the postseason when they won the World Series in 2019. Um, yeah. It's amazing that anybody cares about DC sports or the people that talk about it for a living. Um, with that said, with that said, I actually would say after the last week, I am most optimistic about the football team. I really am. I don't know that it'll be a turnaround in 2024, but it is a sport, unlike the NBA. Uh, The NHL is different because even their postseason is completely random. Even if you're an average team that barely qualifies for the postseason, you seem to have the same chance to win a Stanley Cup as the team that had the great regular season and looked like the best team. Uh, Baseball-wise, the Nats just aren't close. They're they're just not close. I disagree. I disagree. I think they're I think they're the
0: one that has the best option. I think they're trending in the right direction. A lot of their prospects they got from that San Diego trade actually yeah. ended up playing pretty well towards the end of the season. I think they're moving in a, a direction a playoff direction? Uh yeah. It wouldn't in it that would division? Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't stun me if they steal a spot this year. Especially if Dylan, because they got they have so many prospects. If we're just going to go some some full baseball talk, I know they yeah they got so many prospects that are going to be really good. So maybe not this year, but next year for sure they're a playoff team.
2: Do they have an ace on the staff? Is is Mackenzie Gore an ace?
0: I think he will be. Yeah, you, you I think, do. I think between Mackenzie Gore and uh, and potentially Josiah Gray, I I, I think they they will.
2: So you you think the Nats are the closest to competing for postseason and and some success in the postseason? Yeah,
0: yeah, and then it's the football team right after them. But yeah, I would say the Nats by a, not a considerable margin, but like by a healthy margin. Yeah,
2: you want to take calls on this?
0: I think I think we can. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, somewhere there's a baseball fan listening, grinning ear to ear, saying, "Finally, we're getting baseball in February."
2: Three 30- oh. 301 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. This is, in terms of just probably aggregate win percentage or loss percentage, in terms of the four professional sports teams, as low as we've ever had them at the same time. I mean, you have just an awful, one of the worst seasons in history for the football team in the midst of one of the worst seasons in history for the NBA team. Uh, a baseball team that was 20 games under 500, and a hockey team that right now looks like it's going to miss the easiest postseason in sports to make for the second straight year. The two college basketball teams that have often provided, when the pro uh, teams have been bad, at least some fun in March with March Madness, some anticipation. Neither one of them, more likely than not, will be playing. In March Madness in the NCAA tournament. They would have to come up with a miraculous tournament run to get the automatic bid. That's not going to happen with Georgetown for sure. Who's closest to being relevant in their sport, to being a playoff contender, to being more than a playoff contender of all of the teams in town? And I don't want to dismiss my guy, Mike Loxley, because Maryland football is not, you know, it is niche, no doubt, in terms of the following it has in this market. You know, Maryland benefits from having two major cities that care about the university and care about the sports programs, Baltimore and parts, certainly, of Washington. Um, but Maryland football, you know, you've seen it. Uh, as, as great a job as, as Lox has done, and they won another bowl game this year, beating Auburn. They're not in that conversation with their basketball program in terms of importance. Who's closest? I, I I I think you're I think you can talk me into the Nats. Here's the only thing I would ask you is if they are getting close with, you know, the players that they got in multiple deals, going back to, you know, the K Bear Ruiz, you know, getting it from the Dodgers and then the Soto deal, which brings in Abrams and Gore, et cetera, and the drafting of Cruz. Why haven't they made a move here in free agency to to bolster the chances of twenty twenty four being like a wild card season? They must think that they're at least a year away, or the learners just aren't spending money, which I think is part of the issue. Right? Denton's not responding to me. He must be taking calls. All right. I'm sorry, I'm taking calls. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. Which of these. Moribund teams in the market is the closest to becoming relevant again. Uh, we'll take calls on the other side, but I do want to do a quick what do you got?
3: All right, all right, all right.
2: What do, do you, you got? got? So we played this piece of sound yesterday for you, Kyle Shanahan at the Super Bowl, talking about the Adam Peters and Dan Quinn Hiring in Washington, obviously, he's been working with Adam Peters in San Francisco for the last several years. He worked for, as the offensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, on a team that won the NFC title and went to the Super Bowl back in 2016. Um, And he was very uh, bullish on the additions of Quinn and Adam Peters in Washington. Here's what he said.
0: I'm so pumped for Dan. I'm so pumped for Washington. Dan's a hell of a coach. They got a hell of a one. I know they've gone through a lot of stuff in these last 20 years, but having AP and DQ is as good as it gets. Like, Dan taught me so much in Atlanta. I'm very grateful for how much he's um, helped my career and him and Stacy and just what he's going to do for their organization. Um, Knowing Adam, knowing Jen,
2: like, they're set up very well. So. A lot of you heard that on the show yesterday, and you tweeted me, was Kyle hammered? Was he drunk during that? Um, I didn't hear it in that answer. Uh, I've li- I, Kyle has kind of um, that deliberate way of of speaking, uh, and it's not always super smooth, but he's fine as a communicator. But I got a lot of people, Denton, that said they thought Kyle was drunk during his press conference. I did not watch the the press conference. That's the only piece of sound that I heard. But it was something that was running rampant on the internet that apparently a lot of people heard the exact same thing that thought he was at least just a bit tipsy during the presser. Did you hear in that soundbite?
0: I didn't hear it in that soundbite, but I also think that's just kind of how he talks. Like, he has that drawn-out little, like, sometimes he slurs his words a little bit, but that's just kind of how we, I feel like that's how he's always spoken. And I imagine you're a little drained at the Super Bowl, right? I don't think that naturally means that you're getting drunk at, you know, 4 p.m. in the afternoon or whenever that was.
2: Yeah, I, 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 if you, there's a lot of, a lot of, of, I mean, it went viral, I guess. I, I, I didn't catch it. Many of you did, and I, I appreciate you letting me know. But it went viral with people saying that, you know, he's hammered. He had a couple of glasses of wine before the press conference. The dudes, like somebody tweeted, the dudes wound so tight, this is a good thing for him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Super Bowl week. He's he, They're prepared. They're ready to roll. They got a bad practice field. Uh, but other than that, they're ready to roll. There's nothing wrong with if he's done for the day and he's doing his media responsibilities couple of pops before it, loosen him up if that's what happened. Who are you rooting for?
0: Well, I'm in, a, I'm in an interesting spot where I'm betting for both teams because I told you that I have a, a KC winning ticket from before the playoffs started at plus 950. So I'm going to bet on San Francisco. I think a better story is probably San Francisco and Shanahan finally getting to the top of the mountaintop. But at the same time, as somebody that loves watching a guy who is in real time uh, vouching for one of the greatest of all time in Mahomes, I would love to see him win again. So I think I'm probably leaning a little more towards Mahomes, but I'm not upset if Shanahan wins. I'll
2: tell you right now, I don't know if I'm going to have a smell test pick for the Super Bowl. There is nothing with respect to side and total, that really stands out. This game is being evenly bet bet across the board.
0: Is it really? I thought earlier this week it was a massive handle towards Kansas City.
2: A slight handle for the information I have towards Kansas City. Um, It's not overwhelming. Now, there has been sharp money which has actually gone back and forth. Look, you don't get a lot of sharp money for one and a half to two, two to two and a half. I mean, we'll see the key numbers. If, if that thing gets to three, I'd be shocked. If it gets to three, there's no way that I would ever bet Kansas City um, because that would be an indication. Um, I, I, the, I, I've seen... I mean, I get sent a lot of the stuff that I get sent for for my smell test purposes from the people that I know offshore. I get sent sent that information on Thursday, so I'll get it later today. But from what I've seen, it's a slight KC public lean. We'll see. Um, Lots to talk about. All right, phone lines are packed uh, for the following question. Bernie sent me an email saying, This is the worst it's ever been in D.C. sports. Washington's football team, Horrible. Washington's basketball team, the worst ever in the midst of their worst season of all time. The Caps are seven points out of the playoffs. They're likely to miss the postseason for a second straight year. The Nats were 20 games below 500. The two basketball programs of note college-wise, neither one of them is going to the tournament this year when it's usually a given that one of them, if not both of them, are in the tournament. Uh, which of those teams do you think will be the first to kind of break out and start winning and start contending for something? 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and the theteam980.com. So, right now, DC sports teams are terrible. Uh, the skins were awful, obviously, in 2023. The Wizards are all time bad for them. There's no hope, really, in the immediate future. They are going long game for sure. No guarantee the long game pays off for them, uh, but I am paying attention to that very closely, and I'm hopeful. Uh, because that is a team that I legitimately care deeply about, uh, but I don't think we're going to see the results of what they are doing for two to three years in terms of being a more competitive basketball team. They, we have you know, 20 win or less seasons in store for the next couple of years. The Caps are seven points out of a playoff spot. The Nats were 20 games under five hundred, and despite a lot of their young talent as it stands right now, the projections for 2024. I've got the over/under numbers for wins. They have the. Uh, there are only three teams with a lower over/under win total. Uh, the Nats are at 68. This time last year, they were at 59 and a half. I do remember that. Uh, the White Sox, Rockies, and A's projected to be the only three teams in the league worse than the Nats. Part of the issue is the division they play in um, with the Braves and the Phillies specifically. Miami, of course, surprised last year. If you factor in the two college basketball programs that often, when the pro teams aren't doing well, offer some uh, you know fun in March, that's not going to happen this year. Uh, Maryland is 13 and 10 overall, five and seven in the big 10. They'd have to make an extraordinary run uh, to be in the hunt and it doesn't look like that'll happen. And Georgetown is horrible in Ed Cooley's first year. What team of the teams in town do you expect to be back in the mix before anybody else? We have put it up as a Twitter poll. Um, the question all the DC sports teams are struggling right now: Who are you most confident will get back to the postseason first? And we put the four pro teams up there, so you can go uh, vote on today's Window Nation Twitter poll of the day. Um, I think this is hard because it's a hard answer because hockey is just one of those sports where it's almost it's hard not to qualify for the postseason, because more than half the teams do, um, and the Caps could make a run and be in the postseason here in a month and a half, or in two months, uh, and they could be right back into it. But this is not a good Caps team. They've lost five in a row, if you're not paying attention. They got crushed by Montreal the other night in their first game, you know, post-All-Star uh, break, uh, and it's looking more and more like two straight years without the playoffs, Um, All right, let's go to the phone lines. Denton thinks it's the Nats. I would just say, you know what, with the salary cap space, with the draft choices, I think Washington, with with what I believe to be um, at least a professional coaching staff, uh, a staff still being assembled, uh, I do think that there's a a chance that Washington, you know, not next year but the year after, could be in the mix. Um, Let's start with... Mike and Frederick, Mike, which of the teams in town is going to get back into some sort of playoff contention mode first?
4: Hey, Kevin, uh, I would give a slight lean to the Nats just because Rizzo and and Davey Martinez, I have a little more trust in them. Right. And, uh, you know, Quinn and Peters, although promising, are unproven. Now, if the Commanders have an awesome draft like the 1981 draft, then uh, maybe I, I'd flip. But I have thought about this before because since the Nats had the second pick in the draft, now the Commanders have the second pick in the draft, and there's a chance the Wizards could get the number two pick in the draft. Has that ever happened to the Big Three sports? I in, know. One no.
2: City the answer would be no. I, I can't imagine. I. I if you just if you take if you take the college programs out of it, because it seems like even when we've had bad pro teams, you know Maryland's in the tournament, Georgetown's in the tournament. You got something to root for in March right. if you're into that, like I am, and like I know a lot of right. the, the listeners are. But in terms of the four pro sports teams, I don't think so. The the, the Nats had the second pick. The Wizards may have the second or third pick. The the Skins That's have exactly. the second pick. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's, it's it's rock crazy. bottom. It's not just that they're not going to be postseason teams. They're truly awful right now.
4: Right, right. And one last yeah. question is a little this a little bit of a stretch, but I know uh Ed Cooley and uh uh, Kevin Willard are good friends, and they were talking about renewing the rivalry. Now, I hope they're still both there when they ever get to play. Each
2: other. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think uh, I'll put it this way. Uh, Willard got a six or a seven year deal. He ain't going anywhere uh, because Maryland's <laughs> just not in that that position to, to to be buying coaches out, you know, every couple of years. And Ed Cooley, you got to give him time. He just got here. Ed Cooley's a sure, hell of a basketball right. coach. So, right, that, yeah, yeah I, I, was, I was being a little foolish. I know, I know. Thanks, guys. Thank. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Let's go to Uptown Mo. Uptown Mo is on our Ace Law listener lines. In a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-Ace-Law. <laughs> That's 8888-Ace-Law. Uptown Mo, which of the teams in town do you see getting back into playoff contention before the others?
5: Hey, Kev, that was real professional what you just did, that read right did. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the Nationals, uh kids. So w- barring whatever the draft uh, produces for the commanders or whatever, right? The Nationals have two, I believe, two aces in McKenzie uh, and uh, and Josiah Gray. And then uh, Cruz is, is Bryce Harper. And wherever they went, they messed up with Bryce Harper, or whatever. I think Cruz. You know how generational talent just get better or whatever. I think Cruz yep. is, is is that guy. So we talking about getting back first. Like, I won on the over uh, on the last Nationals year. last year because they, yeah, they had them winning, uh, losing 100 games, and they won 71. I think the Nationals is on the same trajectory that the Orioles, because the Orioles is a year early. You see what I'm saying? With their success, nobody thought that they were going to be as successful as they was last year. Um, so I think it's the Nationals.
2: I, look, Denton said the same thing, and I and I hear you. I understand why, with the young talent from the trades, et cetera, from the draft, and Dylan Cruz. Can't wait to to watch him play. The trust that I think a lot of us have come to have in Mike Rizzo, in particular, but they're not spending any money. The learners aren't. It doesn't look like they're planning on spending any money to take that big jump whenever they whenever that timing is right. The team is in flux because it might be for sale, it might not be for sale. Who the hell knows at this point? And they're in a brutal division with two top-tier teams uh, in Atlanta and Philadelphia that are primed for not just this year, but years to come. I think that's part of the issue uh, with them. But I understand what you're saying, and I appreciate that, um, uh, Mo. Uh, Let's go to Jeff. Jeff's calling from Baltimore. Jeff, which of the teams in town will get back into contention before the others?
6: Hey, doing Kevin. I really appreciate your show each morning. I got thanks. you on 980, and I got to choose between you and Andy over there on 630. It's a tough choice, but I'm generally yeah, thanks, listening Jeff. to you. So I really it. appreciate it. <laughs> um, I think the Wizards it's going to be a it's going to be a hot take, but I think the Wizards because <laughs> that you is a hot good. take. Okay, all right, but hold on. Hear me out. Yeah. Every few years, the Wizards stink, and then they get a couple of players, and then you got Gilbert and Antoine, and they're good again. Or you get Wall and Beal, and they're good again. Right now you've got Koulibaly, who is a star. If you haven't seen him play, he is a future star. You might get Williams in the uh, in the first or second pick coming out, and you can change so fast in the NBA. And the Skins have no history of getting good. There's nothing to go off with, with there other than the Gibbs years, which are long gone. Yeah, but that, it's a whole new
2: day with Dan Snyder being gone. So you can actually allow yourself to, to you yeah. know, evaluate them like you would any other NFL franchise.
6: Maybe, but they were bad for the rest of the 90s before Schneider was there, after Gibbs went anyway. So yeah. it's, it's still, there's not much to stand on. At least with the Wizards, you have some history of stink, 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 good for a few years. That's something going off.
2: Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. I love the people that refer to Dan Schneider as Dan Schneider. Um, the, the The hot take on the Wizards is an interesting one and by the way, Koulibaly is really good. I don't know that he's going to be a star, but at the very least, he's going to be a piece. Like, I'm talking about a starting piece and a significant piece if they ever get to the point where they've got a, a contending team. Um, star would be a bit of a of, a, of a, a stretch for me, but he's 19 years old, so we don't know. And the thing I love about watching him is he totally plays with a confidence level and a belief in himself that you just rarely see at 19 years old. He's totally comfortable. He totally believes he belongs at 19 years old on the floor in an NBA game. He's an outstanding defender, and I think he's a better offensive player, better shooter than we thought coming out. Um, Let's go to Terrell. Terrell, Four teams in town professionally are as bad as they've been at the same time. The two major college yeah, basketball programs are going nowhere. Which of the teams would be, in your view, the one that will take the first step towards being relevant again and being a contender? Go ahead.
7: Yeah, honestly, the defenders, man. But um, And those stop there, because, I mean, the Mystics aren't doing anything. D.C. United, who? You know what I mean? But And I think the Wizards – You have to have more than a a generational talent come in to really shift an NBA team right now. You need other pieces so that that talent can really change the narrative. And Wizards aren't nowhere near that right now. And then when you look at the Capitals, they need a whole retooling. So I honestly think it's the commanders. And the reason I think that is because... The last season was a debacle, and that was mainly, I think, to the leadership and the coaching. But I think if you were to take the leadership and coaching that's coming in now, not saying that I want to go and run it back with the team from last year, but I think if that group of talent had this coaching involved and not, like, putting Sam Howell in bad situations, one, I think Dan Quinn would switch to Preset if it was going that south, but and, and not EB with his addiction to passing. But I think if this leadership took that group of talent – With that schedule that they had last year, it would have been a different outcome. So I think they are more closer. Yes, they are what their record is. But I also think that team was more indicative of who their leadership was. And I think with that shift alone, even if they were to re-sign a lot of that talent and come back, I think the, the, the commanders would have a better chance at making the playoffs. And we've seen that with... Pro teams. They're well
2: The, the, the really NFL, the, the NFL every year, produces teams that Absolutely. were bad the year before that end up being much better the next year and make the playoffs. Houston's the example this year, the best example this year. But the one thing that I would just say is quarterback. You've got to get that position right. You have to get 100%. number two yeah. <laughs> right. If you're going to be right, they've got to be right on the night of April 28th or whatever late April evening that is. They just have to get that right because they don't have quarterback right now. Not one that's good enough for what you're talking about. Uh, everybody on hold, stay there. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll take more calls on this. Um, Ian's on hold. I know you can't wait for that. Uh, Cliff, Paulie, Joe, stay on hold. 301-230-0980. Four pro teams in town are as bad as they've ever been simultaneously. You throw in the two meaningful college basketball programs who are not going to go to the tournament this year. This may be the all-time rock bottom in D.C. sports. Which of these teams will make the first move back to being relevant, to being a playoff contender or just a contender Overall, phone lines are open, 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and the theteam980.com.
0: Wizards in action last night. They fall to the Cavaliers, 114-106. Jordan Poole scores zero points in 25 minutes. He got booed late in the game. Kyle Kuzma had 28 for the Wizards. Donovan Mitchell led all scores. With 40 points, it is NBA trade deadline day in the association. Nothing major yet. Couple small moves: Xavier Tillman to Boston Wizards legend, Monte Morris to Minnesota. Other Wizards legend Otto Porter headed to Utah in a package that includes Kelly Olynyk going to Toronto. The biggest trade so far: Buddy Hield from the Pacers. Heading to Philadelphia. Caps in action tonight. They're on the road. They got Carolina. You can hear that puck drop at 7 on 106.7 The Fan. And that's what's trending.
2: Terrible, terrible D.C. sports teams in town right now. As bad as it's ever been. I can't think of a time, honestly, when all four of the major pro sports teams have been not only bad, but this bad. Right? you know The Nats had the number two pick, the Skins have the number two pick, the Wizards are going to have a top three pick, the Caps are seven points out of the postseason uh, right now, and that would be a second straight year of missing the postseason. Um, the hope for all of them, my personal view is, because it's the NFL, I would say that they've got the best chance to turn it around sooner. Especially with what they've been doing here and what they've got at their disposal in the way of draft choices and cap space, the Wizards are a few years away from, you know, just being a mediocre team. Uh, The Caps, of course, in the NHL, can always turn it around and. Get in as an eight seed, and then you know win a series or two. That's just the nature of hockey. But it looks like they're going to miss the postseason for the second straight year. And yes, I get it with the Nats. I get the young uh, nucleus that they have that came via the Soto trade and um, and and the Scherzer and 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 other trades prior to that with the Dodgers. They've got a nice young nucleus, but they're also in a brutal division. They also have ownership in flux right now. Um, and, you know, nobody in baseball thinks they're going to take this major jump this year. Their over-under win total is 68 heading into 2024. Only three teams with a lower number than that. Which of the teams in town, including the two college basketball programs, do you think are closest to turning it around and becoming a contender? We'll go to Ion. Ion, go ahead.
8: Kevin, I agree with you on the football team. I think the nature of the NFL is the quickest turnaround. And I want to say baseball, because if you look at the Nats payroll, they have so much payroll flexibility after this season with Patrick Corbin coming off. And the only large deal is Strasburg, which is just a bizarre entity. If they are sold, I think you are looking at potentially a brand new team top to bottom. And so that is so variable. I would pick them, but given that we don't know what's happening with them and it seems years away and et cetera, I'll go with the football team. But Kevin, I said it the day Kevin Willard was hired. Even you and I disagree on the ability of Kevin Willard. I don't even think you thought it would be this bad in year two. This is astonishing. And I think they have to get out way quicker because the longer Maryland keeps him, the less and less and less relevant they are as the program that you and I and many think they can be. This is astonishing how bad they are.
2: Well, look, first of all, um, we will disagree for a lifetime on what kind of coach Kevin Willard is. There isn't anybody in basketball that wouldn't say he isn't a good coach in the same way that there w- there isn't anybody in basketball that wouldn't say that Mark Turgeon was an excellent coach. Um, and I said when you know the, the fan base was begging for change, I said, be careful what you wish for. Because they've gone to the tournament, you know. If you counted the pandemic years, seven out of eight years, yeah, they hadn't been out of the first you know weekend, uh, but once, and they beat Hawaii to get there. But you know, being in the tournament every year gives you a chance. Yes, this is a this is a team that's a very disappointing team. Um, but he can coach, and let me tell you something: he can coach defense. That's a top. That's number six in the country defensively per the Ken uh, Ken Palm, uh defensive efficiency number. But you're right um, from this standpoint. Maryland basketball is one of those products in town that used to not, that didn't used to sort of be, fall in that bucket of bandwagon teams. It had a large, super passionate following. Two cities combined, Baltimore and DC, I understand that. You know, it's not one market, it's not a one market team, it's a two market team. But it was for many, many years as hard a ticket for a big game as any in town to get. It has become bandwagon, period. People are only interested when they are really good, and then when it's convenient and they're playing a good opponent in terms of the attendance. And it should be more than that. I agree with you on that. It's hard to disagree with you that it should be more than that. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Cliff. Cliff, go ahead. Hey, Good morning, Kevin. It's going to be
9: hard to say because um, talking about the Wizards, I've seen when they've been bad many years, but every time that draft lottery come around, they get screwed. So there's no guarantee <laughs> unless they're going to push things up, giving them the number two pick this coming draft. Hopefully things will get better. And if I was picking a team to get better right now, it would have to be the commanders because if they use their heads and all think together and draft Jaden Daniels, this season could be a blast. Baseball probably not far away. And Georgetown, I see where down, um, their downfall is. It's not them picking the bad players. They get recruits, but the problem is that stupid um, transfer portal. That's how come Patrick Ewing is in there now. The players always transferred. Now with um, the new guy there and that coolies there now. The players that would have still been here, they transferred before he came into the building. Yeah. And there's only one team that's winning right now in the area that we don't talk about. I guess they the stepchild is the George Washington Colonials. They're fourteen and eight. They're the only winning team. And I'll sit back and listen. Yeah.
2: No, and and I Denton and I were talking about this before we, we started this segment. And I said, you know, is there any legitimate team that we're not that we're missing? I mean, GW might be 14-8, and eight, but they're way down in the standings in the A-10. I mean, they're not going to the tournament. I mean, it's not, you know, they're not an that large tournament team. I mean, that league has one excellent team, and it's Dayton. Um, and that's it. It's it's probably a one-bid, maybe a two-bid league. Uh, but thanks for the call. Uh, 301-230-0980 if you want to jump on. Which of the teams in town, they're all terrible right now, will sort of emerge as a playoff contender before any of the others. The Wizards are bad. The Skins are bad. The Nats have been bad. The Caps aren't very good right now. The two college basketball programs aren't going to the tournament this year. It isn't often that you have a March Madness without at least one of the two in the big dance. We're going to have that this March. Paulie, Paulie, go ahead.
3: Big guy, hail to the W. What's up? You know, what I mean, let uh, let Ted, Ted Leonsis, let Ted Leonsis tell you it's gonna be uh, the Washington Justice. You know, his esports team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Delusional in terms of what he thinks is important <laughs> in this town. But anyway, go ahead.
3: Nah, nah, uh, yeah, you know, of course, man. Skins, skins is one NFL turnaround as quick. Uh, I would say Maryland and Georgetown at two, just off the NIL factors. You know, once they get it figured out, I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think the. I think the future is bright for both both programs. I mean, it's you know, rich school, rich tradition, rich alumni. You know what I mean? So I got them at two uh, followed by the nationals. And now say what you want to say. You know, they've done a good job of developing a young talent, and uh, eventually they're gonna uh, they're gonna see the fruits of that. You know, then uh, I got the wizards coming up in last, man. Uh, their team is in a free fall every year, and uh, has anybody diminished their value across the league more than Jordan Poole? <laughs> I've never seen anything like this, man. You know, yeah, but, know. It was, but, but it was, but people
2: man. in the know in the league understood what happened at Golden State and understood what was yeah, going on there.
3: I'm not even talking about Golden State. I'm talking about what he's doing right now. He's, he's, he he up. had he no doing.
2: points last night. None. Zero points. I mean he. He against totally Cleveland.
3: Disinterested, he is is in his NBA career right
2: now. Yeah.
1: That's
2: well, we'll think. see what happens. Like it's trade deadline day today. And I, I I thought there was a chance that the Wizards would be active. I certainly think there's a chance Tyus Jones could get dealt uh, today. Um, we'll see what happens. Keep it here all day. But you know, you know this and I know this. The, the thing about the NBA you can, you can get yourself back into the middle of the pack and get yourself into a 7-10 to 10 position where you're playing a playoff game to get into a series. You can even get into, the, into that spot where you're you know, competing for the 5 or 6 seed. The problem is, in that sport, you have to have a top 5 player in the league to win a title. And so what the Wizards are doing, finally, is the the, is of. what they should have been doing all along, which is they're trying to get as many chances over the next few years to swing big in the draft early enough to land a top-five player.
3: Like Did you I have said, anything horrible. else? And they've been horrible since 79. Yeah, right to the W. Got
2: it. Um... You know the, the this is not the, the NBA draft the twenty twenty four NBA draft that the Wizards are eyeballing Denton you know that right um, the 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 draft that people are most excited about is the draft in twenty twenty five more so uh, the Cooper Flag draft um, the uh, and then the draft after that I think is the one with Boozer's son in it. You know there are a couple of players not in this year's draft in the twenty twenty four draft, which we'll get in June, but uh, but in the twenty twenty five draft, that there are NBA you know general managers that are salivating at that chance, and I think the Wizards, you know, they've got the third worst record in the league now, so they'll have a chance at a top three pick, but I think what they really want is ultimately to acquire enough chances here with teams um, uh, that would put him in the hunt for a number one pick in 2025. Um, that's the guy, you know, that's the guy they want. the kid that's going to end up going to Duke next year and will be a one and dunner. I know not everybody's following this, um, but that's what the wizards and a lot of teams that are bad are actually looking at. It's not necessarily this draft, It'll be the draft in 2025. Who's Cooper Flag? You ask. Um, he has become a dominant, dominant high school basketball uh, player. He's six eight. He's two hundred. He's a wing. Um, you know they there there are a ton of comps for him. He's going to go to Duke. You'll see him next year in college for one year and then uh and then after that um he will be in the NBA draft according to everybody. He's the next big thing in terms of a number one number one overall. And then Carlos Boozer's son I think is the 2026 draft. Uh, Let me see if there's for, a 20...
0: Twins for Boozer, I believe so there's two of what, them. What would you say? I believe Carlos Boozer has twins that are going to do I know,
2: but the uh the one is considered to be the number one, number one overall in 2026. I think it's, I forget what, which of the sons. I think it's, they're, they both start with C. It's Carlos and then both of his sons have a C as a first name. See if you can find a 2026 mock.
0: Yeah, it's Cameron and Caden. Let me find the... Uh...
2: Cameron and Caden. Yeah. I think it's Cameron, which is the guy that that is being thought of as a, as a number one overall. In uh, 2026. Yeah, Cameron
0: Boozer right now in a NBA mock draft for 2026 from NBA Draft Room. is going would be going six,
2: nine. Who's going first draft?
0: AJ California uh, is a wing. Oh, uh huh. And Caden Boozer is ten.
2: Um. I mean, I think that's back of the minds of general managers. You know, Will Dawkins, Michael Winger are probably thinking about getting in the best position in 2025 and in 2026. Because again, it is a sport in which you have to have, have to have a top five player game to win an NBA title. We've gone through this list time and time again. You know, you got to go all the way back to 2000 and the, the 2003 Pistons, I think it was, um, to to have 2004 Pistons that beat beat the Lakers. That was the last team that didn't clearly have an obvious top five player in the league team that won a title. Since then, it was Spurs with Duncan, Heat with potential top five, Kobe clearly with the Lakers, Dirk with the Mavericks, um, Steph with Golden State, LeBron with Cleveland, Kawhi with Toronto when they won it. Um, LeBron with the Lakers, Giannis with the Bucks, uh, and then last year, Jokic. It's been since 2004. Those 2004 Pistons did have a player on the team that would have been considered, you know, a first-team All NBA caliber player. Their best player on that team was probably Billups, right? Um, uh, yeah, Billups Rip Hamilton, yeah, Ben Wallace. Tayshaun Prince, uh, Rashid, you know, Rashid at his best was really good. Ben Wallace obviously was the center. He started here. Um, but not a top 5 player on that team. Yeah. Whenever I've gone through that list before, people always push back on Dirk Nowitzki. You're crazy. Dirk in his prime, when they beat Miami in that in that in those finals, was clearly a top five player. Go back and look at the at that year and see the. Dirk um,
0: has also won an MVP in his career, which I think would kind of settle that. If you've won an MVP, you're obviously pretty good. No one on that '04 Pistons team, I think, has ever even received an MVP vote.
2: What I want to know though is is the 2011 All NBA First Team if Dirk was on it. I mean I I don't even need to argue this. Dirk was a top 5 player. He was a debatable top 5 player. Um in 2011 the year they won it was he a, was he a first teamer?
0: On the he was a teamer. So you a teamer yeah, in 2011? Yeah, first team was Rose, Bryant,
2: James, Dirk. Mhm. Okay. But I, I don't know. He certainly was a debatable top 5 player. Who was on the top, Who was on the first team that year? You said D. Rose, Kobe, LeBron,
0: Kevin Durant, and Dwight Howard. This is before the Dwight Howard thing really started to go south.
2: How many times was Dirk a first-team All NBA player? I know he won an MVP, but how many times was he a first-team, a first-team, a first-team All NBA player?
0: He's been All NBA twelve separate occasions. He's a fourteen-time All-Star. Team. Um, first team. It doesn't say. First team on here.
2: Hold on, I'm trying to look it up here. All NBA first five times. All NBA team times on the team. Twelve seasons was an All NBA player. I think it's actually. I think a least all-time foreign player, foreign-born player, but Dirk's probably two, right?
0: Uh, I would say Dirk is three. I think who's Gian- two? I think Giannis is two. Giannis
2: at this point?
0: Yeah. He's won two MVPs. He's won a championship already. So I would I would say Giannis is two. And if Giannis continues to win championships, he'd have a, a conversation there with Hakeem.
2: I think I think Elijah one is is a a debatable top ten player of all time. I've always felt in the conversation of the greatest NBA players of all time that Hakeem gets a little bit underrated in the conversation. He doesn't get a lot underrated. I'm not saying. That people don't recognize his greatness. But I think, in terms of a two way center, all time defense, all time offense in one body, Hakeem is sometimes overlooked in the conversation of the greatest centers of all time. Um, I guess you could certainly make the case that Giannis at this point is every bit as good as Dirk ever was, if not better. But in terms of accomplishments, I'd like to see him do it more. He should be carrying this team a little bit more than he is who are we missing in that conversation we're not missing anybody right those are the top three yeah Steve I, Nash
0: Steve, Steve Canadian Nash, would, but, yeah that's true Canadian
2: um oh Jokic oh, duh, yeah, duh, duh. duh Jokic <laughs> yeah Jokic is right now in the conversation for number two how did we miss that one? Yeah. Uh, up next, Gary Myers. We'll talk Super Bowl history. We'll talk Giants history. And as it relates to some of the big games they played against the Skins, Gary Myers is an NFL historian. We'll get his thoughts on what Washington's done here in the offseason. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com.